It's January 1st, 2020. Happy New Year and welcome to a special year-end edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where, of course, we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. Uh, this is the t- second part of our special edition, and of course, where we invited two prominent executives in Hawaii, Rich Wacker, president and CEO of American Savings Bank, and Micah Kane, president and chief executive officer of Hawaii Community Foundation. And we invited them here to talk about the innovation economy and how Hawaii can thrive in the 21st century. Today in part two, we'll look at goals and objectives for 2020. And of course, it's my pleasure to welcome back Rich and Micah to Bite Marsh Cafe. Thanks for joining me. Merry Christmas. I got some pretty cool gifts. So now we're kind of like ready for the new year. I mean, you know, 2020 is going to be interesting because, you know, just a, a little uh, a minor kind of a tidbit of information. It's the end of the 12-year cycle of the Chinese Zodiac. So Mm -hmm. 2019 was the end, and now 2020, we're looking forward into the new new 12-year cycle. So I I had a good Christmas, but I'm glad to see, you know, 2019 all pow, and now we're looking at 2020. Yeah, Happy New Year. Thanks for having us. Happy New Year to you and your family, Bert. So in terms of, you know, know, we had a good chance to talk about some of the things that were the groundwork uh, that was sort of set up in, in 2019. And, and, you know, we, just as a recap, you know, we kind of talked about uh, the, the innovation task force, the, the change framework, some of the things that are actually being looked at to, to kind of bring together the community across the sectors, whether it's nonprofit, education, government, you know, the private sector. And, and now, you know, we're, we're looking forward to 2020 and, and how, as you mentioned, some of the um, collective action uh, and, and how this conceptual now becomes tasks that really can be looked at, uh, objectified, and met as a part of goals in the coming years. So, Micah, maybe, maybe we can start with uh, you telling us, you know, what is the, what, how can we be hopeful in 2020? And what kind, of, what kind of things should we be looking for? It's, it's no question. It's time to harvest. You know, following uh, last year's Hawaii Executive Conference, the... 12 or so co-chairs of the committees came together and and committed to to a bunch of focuses and it doesn't mean that the focuses of the other committees aren't important and we're going to talk about the innovative con- our innovative sector uh, mm-hmm. in a second but the co-chairs agreed that there's three areas we needed to focus on housing affordability was one the second was uh, early childhood education and, and shooting for universal preschools for uh, for Hawaii. And the third was making sure we have a complete count on census. And so mm-hmm. all of our chairs will be focusing on that. You're going to hear a lot of buzz at the at the, uh, at the the legislature this year around those three issues. You're going to hear a lot about that in the community. Um, we're excited about the potential there, but also we're excited about what, what, uh, what we're doing in other committees and in this committee specifically that Rich is leading. And I'd rather let him have an opportunity to speak to that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so in terms of the committees that, that we were referring to, it's the sort of community and, and economy committee, right? Which that's and, and the C, yeah, yeah. right. And and, you and then we've are got the the basically the innovation economy diversification of the economy mm-hmm. uh, team within that, right? And that's uh, we we've brought in and the work that we were doing under the banner of the business roundtable. Uh, for many years, and we've brought that into this so that, you know, part of our our spirit with the change framework is don't start over, 
take the things that are working, make them work better, get more help behind them. And so we've brought that into the change framework, and we're we're really uh, moving there. So now, there, there's now some of the things. Yeah. So we, you know, uh, in our last show, I mean, we 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 talked about uh, some of the. Um, projects that are underway and and you mentioned some of the kind of the four uh key tasks i guess that the the, right. the, the innovation task force is going to undertake right are what are some of the the things that you can start to actually look at as as goals and objectives that you can start to actually measure now? right so so we the 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 goal of what we were trying to do with these four areas is is really create uh, tangible progress on interaction between entrepreneurs, the traditional business economy and community, and the universities, mm-hmm. and and really get that those collisions happening because that's how we get the innovation to to grow. So very specifically, we've got companies that are signing up to take on internships and and what we call work based learning for with undergrads and grads, so that we're bringing those in. So we've asked. For example, the university to say, here's the here's the areas where we really have excellence in research and technology leadership, and we've asked companies to say these are we're willing to take on because we're wrestling with problems in these areas. So companies like Hawaiian Electric are taking on really talented uh, resources from the universities to look at the renewable energy challenges, integrating renewables into the grid. How do we operate more effectively there to to move forward on our our clean energy goals. Mm-hmm. That's an example. Uh, Hawaiian Tel is looking at bringing people in from the engineering schools on around the communications technologies that are great there. We're taking resources in from the data visualization departments over there that help us look at all the big data that we have um, coming in for, from risk and marketing and how we can solve some of the problems that we're looking at. So we're trying to do that matchmaking to really get those collisions happening. The other thing we've asked people to sign up to do, and we've had eight or nine companies step up, is to give uh, early customer adoption, become beta customers for some of our entrepreneurs. And so Harris Chan is stepping up with Starwood Marriott to say, I will give uh, the opportunity in some of our properties for entrepreneurs who have energy efficiency, water efficiency, things that can help him cut waste in his properties uh, down. Jeff Wagner stepping up with Outrigger in a similar way. So we're sector by sector. We're trying to create that speed dating opportunity to give the entrepreneurs and companies here a chance to prove their technology with with the companies that are here. So so in the course of of 2020, and so let's uh, look at some of the companies you just mentioned, like Hawaiian Electric, Hawaiian Tel, and your company with mm-hmm. specific projects around renewable energy and communications and big data. Are there going to be uh, actual projects that you will start to uh, develop as a result of those companies and, and the people that they bring in? Yeah, and that's the goal. So, so for example, with, the, um, with what we're looking at on, the, on these collaborations or work-based learning things, the companies uh, have gone to sit down with the university and say, here's the problem we're looking for help on. The 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 researchers and technologists there are coming together and saying, we think we can help on this one. We want to do a, a, a project on that. They're committing resource to it. And so we're getting that work to see how can they contribute to new solutions, new ideas. Now, we're going to try a bunch of these, mm-hmm. and some are going to work, some aren't, and then you try the next one. That's the nature of this space, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. 
So we hope that we get more ideas coming out, but we know that by getting these collisions happening, we're, we're much better, much more likely to, to make it happen than if we're all sitting around. And, and I think the key is we're engaging the traditional economy companies to say, we know we have a role in creating this new growth and this new sector, and we have to, we have to try to create these opportunities for uh, innovation to develop. Now, Micah, I'm going to ask you this question right after the break, so I'm going to prep you a little bit. So when, when, when Rich talks about some of the projects with the specific companies, how will the change framework sort of keep track of, of some of those activities? And, and will you be helping to, uh, you know, get others to look at the progress of, of those specific kinds of projects? So when hold that thought. <laughs> we'll be right back uh, after this short break to continue our conversation with both Michael Kane and Rich Wacker. We're talking about Hawaii's innovation economy. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Rich Wacker and Micah Kane about the innovation economy and what can we do in 2020 to kind of change the trajectory of, of Hawaii's economy. And of course, right before the break, uh, we were talking to Rich about some of the actual commitments that companies are making in, in, in trying to explore uh, some areas. In the, in, for example, let's say renewable energy and, and uh, Hawaiian Electric gets involved with that, or communications and Hawaiian Tel and, and ASB getting involved with big data. Now, from a change framework, and, and Micah, you have kind of the overall view of, of all the, um, not only the, the categories, but the companies that are involved with each one of these. How do you see having a view on whether it's you know rich in, in the uh, economy sector or any of the ones in, in government or natural energy or nat, um, natural resources or uh, education, how are you going to help to kind of measure their success in 2020? Well, I think one of the big accomplishments in 2019 was um, we stood up a new entity called the Hawaii um, Executive Collaborative, mm-hmm. and it's a new entity. It has a lot of uh, similar feelings to like the Aspen Institute where you're kind of catalyzing new ideas and executing on new ideas. We've hired a new executive director. Her name is Linnell Marble. Uh, today is her first day of work, and so she's uh, she's getting her hands deep into that. And her responsibility is to really facilitate the activities of our chairs, to support them, to track the work they're doing. And, you know, we're, we're dealing with 100 executives right, across right. multiple sectors, including government. And so aligning those interests towards one collective action is extremely important. Um, in some ways, it's hurting cats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we're not only hurting their energy. We want to hurt their capital. And so, um, you know, what we're starting to see is their philanthropic dollars get channeled into specific projects. We talked the last time we were on about the Sandbox, a project in Kaka'ako that was a public-private partnership. They set up a building. It was to create some innovation space. We're collectively funding a full-time staff person there, working with the university, coordinating across the 20 or so companies that are vested in that space to create internship opportunities, faster, better, quicker, more of them. 
And those are just one or two examples of some of the action that's happening right now. The responsibility of the collaborative is to make sure we're tracking our progress and seeing how we can continue to do better. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so you mentioned Linnell, and, and I will definitely want to have her come on the show as she starts to, you know, get her feet into the project, uh, you know, well into 2020. And I think you, you mentioned, um, uh, I, I, her name is Michelle, Michelle Ching, and she's kind of involved with, uh, well, she was one that got recently hired as the, to head up the true initiative, right? Right. So right. that is a, a task that she will, you know, pretty much focus in mm-hmm. on, uh, coming out of the sandbox, right. and of course working with the companies that are involved with the true initiative. Yeah, yeah and I think if you if you see that difference, right, a lot of our the different initiatives we we end up finding a lot of commonality in some of the solutions, right? So. So around the things that we're doing on the innovation task force, uh, it leads to necessarily into workforce development, right? Mm -hmm. The higher education task force is working on workforce development. So how do we make sure that we're being collaborative and complementary rather than redundant and at cross purposes? Mm -hmm. And that's where Linnell can really help in in the community foundation. So making sure that we're most effective in we're doing it we're not repeating work. We're, we're, we're really uh, reinforcing each other rather than being redundant. And nor, nor do we want to supplant any good organizations that are doing good work out there. I think um, Rich referred to the Hawaii Business Roundtable already. I mean, what we don't want to do is duplicate or supplant. We want to take that energy and guide it into the right space and, and, and get wind behind their back. Um, work that's happening with the Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. work that's happening with the Law Plus Challenge, all of those organizations are doing good work, and they're subject matter experts in their space. We don't want to supplant them, and nor do we want to have executives spending double time either. Right. And so we got to find those efficiencies. Right, and I think that's really important, right? Because this the this is an inclusive effort, right? To really say who are, who is making traction, who's getting there, how do we help them? How do we get behind what they're doing to help them move faster? How do we pull them into what we're doing to help? us move faster, and and really bring the community together around these things that we feel are the most important. Now, something that you mentioned to me, Rich, was the idea that uh, there are some organizations that will really be the point of the spear for, let's say, the visitor industry, that right. being HTA. And then you have uh, an organization that is uh, military affairs that's Council, part of yeah. the MAC, part of the uh, Chamber of Commerce. Right. I mean, what, is, what are your thoughts on, on something that needs to perhaps get developed for the innovation economy? Right. And, and what are your, what's your thinking about how that might start to take shape this year? Right. So when you, when you think about those sectors and the, the, the sectors of the economy that actually bring money in, they're, you know, in economic speak, we call them traded sectors, right? where we compete against other communities around the world. So Mm -hmm. we compete for tourism dollars with uh, all sorts of communities around the world. We compete for the federal presence with other communities around the country. And so what we've done as a community is said we need to compete effectively, so let's work through Hawaii Tourism Authority and some others to really make sure we're the best at it that we can be. The MAC does the same thing for the federal presence, the Military Affairs Council. And so we, this research and, and innovation economy is the same. We compete for research funding, research dollars, professors, talent with other schools and other communities. Last time we talked about 
you know, around UW and mm-hmm. Washington, around um, Austin and, and the Texas and, and Salt Lake City and the University of Utah. We're competing with these places, and we have to organize ourselves to compete well. So what we're working on now is what is the right model for a quasi-governmental role? What's the private sector role? You know, there's been change with the Hawaii Strategic Development Corporation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. being rolled into the Hawaii Technology Development Corporation. What do we want the role of that to be compared to what the role of the private sector organization to support that and and the the right governmental role versus uh, non-governmental? So we're working through that. We hope to have some real recommendations for the administration and the ledge uh, soon. Well, okay, that's great. I, 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 in fact, I wanted to ask you that question. Maybe I don't know if I want to put Michael on the spot, but what kind of recommendations are you ideating at this stage of the game for for an organization like HTDC? Well, so if you look at what those roles have been in the past, HSDC provided a lot of seed money for the accelerator programs and some of the initial investment dollars that were going into. Uh, the 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 startup companies. Mm-hmm. We don't think that the government should be in that role of providing the next level of capital. The accelerators are there. We need to continue to try to support the activities of them. They're nationally recognized, but the real investment money has to come from the private sector now. And so we're trying to organize around that. The role of the government, uh, or, you know, in, through DBED, the Department of Business Economic Development really needs to focus on the policy issues, the administrative issues, how do we clear the way for the companies in this space, how do we make the ecosystem operate more effectively, and and how do we support workforce development and those kinds of things that will feed the talent into this sector. Mm-hmm. But the, the it's trying to be clear about what's the right role government, what's the right role private sector as we roll that out. Well, you know, I do, I do want to give... Uh, um Micah, a chance to kind of maybe express his thoughts around perhaps government's role in this uh, opportunity to to help bolster sort of this this innovation economy. We'll hold that thought. We'll be right back right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Rich Wacker and Micah Kane. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Rich Wacker and Micah Kane about charting a course <clears throat> for innovation in 2020. And, of course, right before the break, uh, Rich was talking about how perhaps we need to look at, uh, you know, some, you said, quasi-governmental private sector organization that might be a representative of the, the innovation economy. Mm-hmm. And, and Micah, I mean, what are what are some of your thoughts in terms of maybe uh, the role that government can help play in this? Well, I think what's been most impressive to date is that they've been an open ear. And, you know, Speaker Psyche, Senate President um, Ron Kochi, mm-hmm. along with the money chairs, uh, Senator Donovan Dela Cruz and uh, finance chair Sylvia Luke, they've been extremely uh, accessible um, and open to some of the ideas that have been passed on to them. I think they recognize that their job is to really to do the 
the basic blocking and tackling that government is supposed to do. And in, in the innovation space, it's the infrastructure. Um, making sure that as much of our rural communities especially have access to to the basic infrastructure needed to tap into this innovation space. And mm-hmm. so I think they recognize that. Um, but as Rich was mentioning earlier, it's a partnership. One of the things that I think was lost a little bit in what Rich was saying, which I think is super important, is um, we're competing with people. And you can't compete at mediocrity. It's too competitive. We've got to get above and we got to get above the above the clouds we have there's a ton of room at the top but we got to be willing to put the effort in to get there mediocrity when, is way too competitive right and when you're talking about competing uh we're not talking about well you you are referring to competing with other places right absolutely and and, and people are competing to find their best path in terms of their career their opportunity and they're competing perhaps for the right environment to be in. Right. And if Hawaii is mediocrity, they're going to go they're looking gonna somewhere, go somewhere else. else. Right. And, and we're going to have to create an environment for young people to be able to live here. And again, going back to the basic blocking and tackling the government, that's cost of living, cost of living issues. You know, the cost of housing here doesn't allow these young entrepreneurs or people with innovative thinking to survive here long enough to kind of mature their, their efforts. And, and so we've got to work on both sides. We've got to work on the balance sheet, and we've got to work on the income statement. And um, right now, Rich is spending a lot of his efforts around, you know, the revenue side of the equation. But we also got to work on the cost side. So, Micah, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, people will need to feel confident about is that, you know, this is not a short-term game. This is a long-term game. And what we are talking about in terms of looking at accomplishments in 2020, they may not necessarily really change the dial that you could recognize in 2020. These may be changes that you don't see happening until maybe 2025 or 2030. So how do you convince people that what you're trying to do is, the, is, is get the sale plan, change the course, but be confident or be trusting that this is the right path. Well, I think it starts with leaders, again, across all sectors, being transparent and vulnerable. And, you know, I don't think I've seen so many leaders be willing to put themselves in a vulnerable state in the, in the public eye, um, being open to having these kinds of conversations. So it starts there, and it's building that trust. And, and again, the issues that we're dealing with were built up over decades, and it's going to take a little time for us to start tackling them. But I think it starts with building trust. Rich, I mean, how, how do you see your project sort of being in the public eye? Right. And I, I think it's um, it's really welcome. And I appreciate your continuous interest in trying to make sure we're having public conversations about it. Because when I sit down and, and again, challenge people to tell me where do they think the better growth opportunities are? Where do they think the, the opportunities are for, for us to add jobs that are well well paid, that create the kind of different opportunities that are going to keep kids here or let them come home, there's not a lot of better ideas that I'm hearing. And as, as we really wrestle through that and make people understand the need to compete and the need to be excellent, then I think we're getting more people to say, yeah, um, I, how can I help, right? And, and that, that's really a key. I, I think um, also highlighting some of the action that leaders are already taking right now that are having scalable impact. I think 
and some kind of go under the radar screen in terms of what kind of investments those are. I think what Rich, as the leader of American Savings Bank, did in relocating their entire office building mm-hmm. right in the middle of of of, of, of Ala Park mm-hmm. was a huge social impact move. Um, you know, it's been a challenged area for us. Um, it's been an area that has been, you know, unfortunately having a lot of chronic homelessness, and their presence there is creating a different a different space and. And it's making a tremendous impact, but it wasn't an easy move for them. Right. Yeah. And it's for us, it's uh, it's a big part of us. We did it for the bank and for our teammates to create a great place to work. But we did it to make an impact in the community there because we could have located it in, a, in other places. But we really felt that this was a good move for that area of the community. And we're seeing a good responses. People are stepping up to try to make sure we can sustain it. And, and really make it a, a space that is more vibrant, more safe, uh, and more of a community asset. How do you see? How do you see getting the word out on some of these great projects and finding that right balance between trying to uh, get people to realize that there are genuine efforts to change the you know change the course, change the dynamic, but not you know we're not trying to just market the fact that we, you know we're we're doing something. Right, so it's kind of a balance between the genuine nature of what you just did with with moving, I mean, building a new building in a location, but how do you share that story in the white in the right way? Yeah, um, you know, it's like anything. You we generally like to have other people tell our story instead of us. Mm-hmm. What we, but what we've what we've done is really try to work with the community around us to to make it a, a make our effort part of the community's effort. We don't want to come in with our big body and say this mm-hmm. is the way you think we should do it. But if we're doing it together, then people will talk about it and people will notice the change. And what we really want, we don't care about the credit for it. We just want the action and the community engagement to make it, make it better and get more people stepping out to say, we can do stuff. We can do mm-hmm. excellent projects. We can make the community better if we work together. You know, I think one simple way, to be honest, Bert, is to put a non-traditional voice on the issue. And um, we saw that. I'll give you two examples in where that was extremely successful. Back in 2018, when um, Peter Ho led the the um, announcement around the ALICE report, which is an acronym for Asset Limited, mm-hmm. Income Constrained, but Employed. And that's where that 50% number came out of, one out of every two of our families. Now, People around the country have been trying to get the Alice word out to get people to realize that this is a great data point for us to understand well-being of people. But we were, but the nonprofit community's voice was 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 making that argument. The moment a business leader and the head of one of our largest banks makes that statement, it changes the listener group, and now it's kind of a common common word out there that people understand. A second example was Bob Harrison with First Hawaiian Bank. Um, when he took on trying to create a joint outreach center in Kaneohe, which was a a uh, satellite site for H4 homeless services. You know, when he stood up as chair of the Health and Wellness Committee and championed that issue, it created a different audience of listeners, that, and it created a different um, uh, group of engaged stakeholders who raised up to half a million dollars to fund this three-year pilot program in Kaneohe, and now he's doing it in 2020 in Waianae. So I think just changing that voice sometimes uh, it makes a big difference. Well, you know, I am going to commit that in 2020 we will have you both or your representatives to continue to talk about 
the change framework as well as some of the activities in the innovation task force. Rich Wacker is the president and CEO of American Savings Bank, and Mike Akane is the president and CEO of Hawaii Community Foundation. I want to thank you both for joining me today, and Happy New Year. Happy New, New Year. Year. Happy New Year, Bert. And thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about a private sector initiative called the True Initiative. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome. Happy New Year. And we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.